Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 552 for the 8th of Sivan in a regular year. Do you ever have the experience of speaking to somebody who does not speak English as a first language? So somebody who, you know, somebody who actually speaks English pretty well, but it's just not their first language. So you're able to carry on a conversation with them. However, here and there, there might be a word that they don't know. So what happens when they don't know a word, when you say a word that they don't know? What, what's your automatic reaction to that? So for example, let's say if you're talking to somebody like this and you're explaining to them that you went to see an, went to an aquarium and they don't know what the word aquarium is. So what, what's the next thing that you do is you most likely would explain to them what it is using a bunch of other words. You would say, you know, it's a place that where there's fish and there's different sea creatures and they're in, um, they're in a glass container of some sort uh, or something along those lines, right? Until eventually they really understand that word. Um, And so, you know, so interestingly, if you think about this, uh, while the word you're trying to convey, the idea you're trying to convey is aquarium, this word aquarium is kind of like above their understanding right now, above their comprehension. And so in order to bring down this idea of aquarium to them, you actually need to use a whole lot of other words. Uh, This happens even with, you know, let's say not like you know, language barrier kind of things. A lot of times, even if you're just talking to different, to a friend or to a loved one or to anybody really, uh, if you want to, if you, if you, whether it is that you use a word that they don't know, or whether it is that you're just trying to convey a certain expression of a certain feeling to them, that's a very deep kind of thing. And they're not really getting it right away. You're probably going to want to use a lot of other words in order to convey that to them. So I think that having this understanding can be a really helpful way to understand uh, the theme of what it is that we're going to be discussing in today's Tanya and something which we started talking about yesterday. So what we have started talking about is this idea that the sustenance of the entire world are the letters of creation through which God created the world. And we know that God created the world through the 10 utterances of creation. So if you go back into the book of Genesis and the book of Rishis, there's a whole account of God creating the world. But interestingly, it doesn't say, you know, God created light, God created land, God, you know, did this, did that. Uh, Rather, it says, God said, let there be light. And then there was light. God said, let there be a firmament that separates between the higher waters and the lower waters. And thus it was. So we see that God created the world through his speech. And to be really specific, he created the world through 10 specific utterances, 10 sentences, and the entirety of the world was created in this manner. 
So now an obvious question comes up with this, and this is the question that's going to be addressed today, is that when we look at those 10 utterances, like that's a really finite amount of words. And only, you know, the Torah only explicitly talks about um, specific creations that were created then, like the the sun, the moon, um, the land animals, you know, stuff like that. But what about all the myriads of other things in the world that uh, that are or are not explicitly stated in the Torah. How can we say that those things too came from the ten utterances of creation? So this is what we're going to be talking about today, and I think it can be helpful, like I said, to understand this in the in terms of the idea of how sometimes when a concept or an idea or a word is too deep or beyond the comprehension of the person that you're speaking to, you need to use a lot of other words in order to convey it. Um, similarly, too, when it comes to God, so we know that you know the entirety of creation that we're living in right now and that we are part of is really it's all emanations of godliness, and so some of those godly energies that come down came down in a very direct way and kind of like this very like you know explicit kind of way that's what we see in the 10 utterances of creation however there are many other things in the world that you know an example that's going to come up today that the ultra up is going to mention or the idea of rocks which are very coarse and are very dense we can think of those rocks as being almost like um the foreigner who doesn't really speak English so that if they were to get this direct hit of godliness directly, they wouldn't be able to sustain it. They wouldn't be able to contain it within them. So what God did, interestingly enough, is that he actually took these 10 utterances of creation, which indeed are the basis, the building up blocks of the entire world. And we go beyond the 10 utterances and we actually look into the letters of the 10 utterances. So it's, we're going beyond the actual words and phrases of the 10 utterances and actually looking at the letters and those letters God then took and he made them into different kinds of permutations and commutation combinations and switched them around in all kinds of different ways that are spoken about at length in in uh in uh the kabbalah with in different types of gematria it's known as like sort of like hebrew numerology and that is what brought brought about all of the creations of the world into being so that basically that uh you know everything in the world in order for everything to to exist and in order for everything to subsist, God realized that it would be too much for them to receive this hit of light directly from the 10 utterances, just like that. So what he did is he actually took the letters into these different combination permutations and created a whole bunch of other words so that now the word, the Hebrew word of every single object in the world is its vitality, is its thing. So we know that the word Hebrew, uh, the word in Hebrew for rock is Evan, Aleph, Bet, Nun. So we know that that Aleph, Bet, and Nun, that specific combination of letters is the vitalizing force of the rock itself. Um, you know, there's other words in the world. The word for a lion, for example, which is Aryeh, um, Aleph, Resh, Yud, and He. So that also, that is going to be, the, those particular letters are the life force of that particular animal. So that everything really at the end of the day can really be broken down to its uh, core letters, Hebrew letters, and that is what gives it its life force. And so uh, just going back to that example of, you know, speaking to somebody who doesn't speak English, it's like the more um, dense the items are, the more these letters needed to be combined and permutated and sifted around and stuff like that, and the further they needed to be from the original 
building blocks of creation, which are those 10 utterances. So if you look at the original 10 utterances, like the original uh, things that are outlined in the Torah, the seven that were brought about during the seven days of creation, those beings like the celestial bodies and, um, you know, the uh, light, darkness, those kind of things, those things are a little bit more um, ethereal in nature. We can say like sort of like not really as dense as some other things, as the things that, that um, you know, everything else that came, that followed from that. And that's why they were able to ex receive the vitality more directly from these 10 utterances. So hopefully this is a good introduction to give you guys to help you understand this. And so with that being said, let's continue on, on with the text today. So today we're in starting from the middle of chapter one of this new safer, this new section of the Tanya we've been studying, Sharia Chabamuna. We're going to complete this uh, chapter today, chapter one. So uh, here we go. So the altar begins and he says that. So the altar leaves off from the last time where we started discussing this idea of how the 10 utterances of creation and the letters that make up the 10 utterances of creation um, are, are responsible, are the building blocks of the entirety of creation. So if this is true, then what about all of those beings, all of those creations that are not explicitly mentioned in the 10 utterances of creation? So the Altarba says that even though the word Evan, the word for rock, is not mentioned in the 10 utterances of creation. So thus, how can we say that this stone is getting its vivification and its its existence from those 10 utterances. So the altar says that it is coming down from those 10 utterances. It's just coming down by means of common combinations and permutations of the letters that go down in 231 gates. So it's, uh, it's Reish Lamed Aleph Sha'arim in Hebrew. So it's, so basically, so, in, and, and they go forward or backwards and all this is detailed in Sefer Yitzhah. So basically what happens is that we had these 10 utterances of creation through which God created the world that are, that are mentioned in the story of creation in Breshis. These are kind of like the building blocks, but from those building blocks, then you can do a lot with them. It's like once you have those blocks, then they can be permuted, permutated, they can be combined, they can be substituted. There's a whole bunch of different, like different formulas that they can go through until the point that eventually through enough permutations and combinations and all of this, then one combination came out and it brought out this word Evan, this word stone, which is the vitality of the, of the stone itself. And so too, this is true with all of the creations in all of the worlds that the names by which they are called in Lashon HaKodesh, in the Holy Tongue, which we call Hebrew, really, but it's the reason why the Altarba doesn't say Hebrew outright is because it's not modern-day Hebrew. It's like the biblical Hebrew. It's the original Holy Tongue. That So everything by its name, these the, these the name of each thing in the world, according to the Holy Tongue, according to its original name, these are the actual letters of speech that come from level to level through the 10 utterances of the Torah, through these different combinations and permutations of the letters and the 331 gates and all of that until they get to the point of that particular creation in order to vivify it. So just to pause here and just to understand the profundity of what that means when we talk about language and when we talk about the names of different objects and things like that. So in English or in French or in any regular kind of language, when we call things by different objects, it's merely just like a description of what that is because we need something to be able to relate to, 
to other people to let people know what we're talking about in order to function in the world. So it's like, if I want to say to somebody, you know, can you go get me that book that's on the table? We need to use the word book because we need a common language that we all understand. And some words are more descriptive than other words and they all kind of like allude to what that word is. But what's really unique about the holy tongue, about this original Hebrew that we're talking about, about the, the language through which the world was and is created, is it's not just a descriptive language. It's not just like, oh, we use these words in this casual way. And whatever we call these words, it's like, it could have been called book. It could have been called apple. It doesn't really make a difference. No, in Hebrew, the name of every object is extremely precise. It's extremely individual. And it actually literally expresses its vitality in it in the utmost way. So that the word Evan, the word stone in Hebrew is, it's not random that it's called an Evan. It's called an Evan because its particular life force, its particular existence comes down by way of those exact letters through that exact permutation and combination that had to come about from the 10 utterances in cre of creation until it came into that, into that uh, combination. And so now the altar of it brings up the question, why is it? You know, you would think like, sure, it would have been cumbersome if the Torah were to delineate all of creation and were to say, and now God said stone. Now God said apple. Now God said this. Now God said that. Um, so yeah, that would be cumbersome. But there's another reason as to why not all of these creations are mentioned explicitly in the 10 utterances of creation. And this is because not all of creation would be able to to accept, they wouldn't be able to handle the actual vitality from the 10 utterances of creation in a direct way like this. Because this vitality that came, up, came about through these 10 utterances is very large. It's a lot. And it's, it's too much for these individual creations to be able to handle. And they don't have the energy, the, the power to be able to support this. The only way that individual creations could experience this vitality, this vital flow that came from these 10 utterances is if this vitality went down from level to level that made it lower and lower and more diminished through these different permutations and combinations of letters and, and the different gematrios, the numerical values and all of those things. And, and that each letter has a specific numerical value associated with it and everything like that until it gets to the point that it becomes so constricted to be able to be vested within this particular thing in creation, this particular creature. So basically what, what the ultra is saying is that this vital force, which is found within the 10 utterances of creation, which is the building block of all of creation, these are the fundamental like energy flow through it, which all of creation is constantly created and vivified, it's very intense. And in order to have these different types of objects in the world that make up our world, receive this vitality and be able to be vivified and be created from it, they can't receive it in a direct way because it's too much for them. So it needed to come down in this like more like um, abstract format, this more like permutations and combinations and drawing down of level to level to level. And then to the point that when it comes down here, this becomes its actual name through which the, the, the object, the creation is called. This is its name in Lashon HaKodesh. And then whatever its name is in Lashon HaKodesh, like this word Evan, for example, is its actual vi vital force. So this is why, as a side note, we know that in Judaism, our Hebrew names really are something very special because we know that our Hebrew names, again, they're not just random, but they actually are an expression of our vitality, an expression of who we are. So this is why it's, they say that when we name a baby, the parents of a child name 
the baby, it's taught that they actually receive a, a Ruach HaKodesh. They get like a Holy Spirit, like a divine force comes into them and tells them what to name the baby. It's not really their true choice. As much as parents think that they're choosing the name of their child, it's actually coming from a much higher place because it's an expression of the vitality of this child. And so then just in conclusion here, the Altar Abbas says that once again, so these, these names that we're getting, whether it's our actual names that we use or whether it's the name of all the different creatures in the world, they are coming from these 10 utterances of the Torah that have the ability and the power to be able to, to vitalize and to create something from nothing in order to give vitality to the entire world. And then the altar concludes with a final note, which is kind of like a question here and an answer leaps into one is, how is it, somebody might say, how is it that these letters, they're merely just letters of the Torah. How is it that they have the power to create the world? Is because we know that the Torah and God are all one. And so God and his Torah are really one and the same. So when we say that the Torah, and this is a teaching that comes from the Zohar. And so when we say that the Torah, the letters of the Torah created the world and create the world, it's really God that's creating the world. So that's the end of this section today. It's actually an entire chapter that we learned. It's chapter one of Shari Yuchud Ba'amunah. So I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it was enlightening and gave you maybe like a little bit more of a sense of appreciation for all of the creatures around you in your life and maybe for your own Hebrew name as well. And tomorrow we are going to continue along these lines when we get into the beginning of chapter two of this section. And I will speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzhak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.